0: Daily with Jason Martinez. Welcome to your Saturday 27th of February edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Today begins a stretch of 33 days and 19 games. It also begins a stretch of six Flyers games in the next nine days. It is going to be a lot of hockey for the next five weeks. Welcome to Flyers Daily. Uh, And then there were one that's the other number. That What does that mean? Well, it's not in reference to Bernie Perrant. No, that is in reference to one player left on COVID protocol. That would be Travis connecting as the Flyers got even more players back to practice yesterday. Scott Lawton, Oscar Lindblom, Jake Voracek all competed in practice yesterday. We'll see if they're in the lineup come today for the Flyers against the Sabres. But without further ado, let's get right to the business in this episode. Uh, we're going to hear Elaine Vigneault from his press availability yesterday. But after this, we're going to talk to our old friend. We talked to him back in Goalies Week. He is former Flyer, former Sabre netminder, former Ranger netminder as well, Martin Biron, now an analyst for the Buffalo Sabres on TV up in the Buffalo market. And Marty is such a great talker. He is around the Buffalo Sabres team. I had a chance to catch up with him as uh, he was watching a Sabres morning skate. And here's a preview of the weekend series set with the Sabres and the Flyers joining us right now on flyers daily we talked to him during goalies week and he's one of our favorite guys to talk to and he's the one guy that's played for four nhl teams and he didn't travel for his home games more than 100 miles from each other basically playing in buffalo philadelphia he hit all the new york spots it's marty biron marty how are you i'm great how you doing thanks for having me again do you have the new york corner of jerseys in your basement
1: uh, yes, I have a New York corner. <laughs> and unfortunately for me, and nobody ever told me about income taxes, right? They didn't tell me go to Florida, go to Tennessee. Yes. I stayed in New York and New Jersey my whole career. So because I was living in Jersey when I played for the Flyers. So um, stayed in the high tax bracket and uh, should have known better.
0: <laughs> yeah, You go to those. You're right. You go to those states. Do you think those teams without uh, income tax actually do have an advantage in the recruitment of players because of bringing home amount of money?
1: I don't know. I think it maybe factors in with a few players when it comes to free agency that, you know, maybe they can take a little less money to go to Tampa, but you better back yourself up with a no movement clause or something because Mm -hmm. the first day you're traded to California and then uh, you're still getting hit with taxes and you took less money. So you got to be careful with that.
0: Yeah, you're living in a 900-square-foot efficiency all of a sudden. It's costing you more yeah. than your crib was down in Tampa. Uh, Mario, I wanted to give you a preview with you of uh, the Buffalo Sabres who the Flyers uh, will tangle with for two this weekend, one o'clock uh, on Saturday, three o'clock on Sunday. Boy, Buffalo was not without storyline. Let, yeah. Let's start with the head coach because, you know, I know Mike Babcock's making the rounds, and, and we know what, you know, kind of went down with Babcock in Toronto. Ralph Kruger's the opposite of Mike Babcock. He is a real players coach. Um, and, and highly respected. Where are they with the coach right now?
1: Well, obviously, everybody here in the organization believes in Ralph's, and he's a great communicator. He has a great mentality, obviously, uh, for the game. Now, he was hired by Jason Bottrell, right? So Jason Bottrell, the general manager is not here anymore. Kevin Adams is the new GM, but I do believe that uh, there's a great working relationship and I don't know about their personal relationship, but I don't care. It's about the working relationship. There's a great working relationship between Kevin Adams and Ralph Krueger. So that is no issues at all. Um, and, and, And listen, The Sabres didn't play for 10 months, right? They were uh, done in March last year. They did not return to the bubble and the return to play this summer. They started the season, you know, mid to late January. They were 500. I think they were four, four and two. And then they got hit with COVID. So then they all went on the COVID protocol and it affected them. They came back. They played the worst team you can play is the New York Islanders because they're going to suffocate and take the life, suck the life out of you. And they had a couple of losses, but they're starting to get themselves back to where they were before the pause. Um, and they've, they've looked better. Five-on-five five is still an issue. They've looked better. And Ralph is, is a steady guy. He's a sticking-to-the-process guy. But now he's made a couple of, I don't want to call them desperate moves, but they're urgent move, urgency moves, mm-hmm. where he's talked about, we need to find our five-on-five five scoring now. We need to find solution now. Jeff Skinner was scratched. Back to back games Monday and Tuesday, and it looks like he will be scratched on Thursday night as well. Now, as we record this, uh, you know, I- I'm not sure, but it looks like he will be scratched three straight games. That's a big urgency type move, you're trying to shake things up. Um, so Dylan Cousins looks great, Taylor Hall starting to look better. Jack Eichel may not be 100%. We they say it's a confidence issue. I look at him and I say, I, I don't think he's skating as well, and he doesn't have the power and the speed. but Look, they're not going to go out and say there's an injury or not. Whatever, we just watch the game. We speculate, whatever it is. So I think it's coming around, and Ralph is doing his job to to you know keep pushing the the needle forward. Um, and I think he's doing a pretty good job at that. There's it's always a need for adjustment and improvement, but I think he's doing a good job.
0: Yeah, I think he's exactly the kind of coach that that team needs. Um, hey, Marty, I was listening to Elliot Friedman on Sportsnet talk about the coronavirus that Buffalo had the strain yep. and Freak said that that seemed to be a strain in, in talking to people that got players more sick mm-hmm. it, it, can you can kind of confirm that
1: well it's it it very tough didn't. Ones, you guys. so uh, there's some guys that said I got the sniffles I had no symptoms at all it was totally fine now Ralph Kruger tested positive as well he was one of the first one back yeah Ralph is an older man I mean mm-hmm. that's just a fact. And he's probably not in the same shape as professional NHL players, but he, he had symptoms, but he was one of the first guy back. So it didn't hit him as, as hard, but we know that it hit guys like a guy like Brendan Montour really, really hard. And Montour talked about it. Rasmus Ristolainen. Thursday morning is the first day that he's on the ice with the team. um, And they don't know when he's going to be back. They think it's going to be a longer term. Risto spoke with a Finnish newspaper and said, I went to bed at night with my heart wanting to jump out of my chest, not knowing if I was going to wake up the next that's day. That's scary. That is Jeez. so scary. And Risto is a freak of nature. The guy is six yeah. foot five and two hundred and thirty pounds, and strong, healthy. Like he looks like a, a chiseled uh, Ivan Drago from uh, Rocky <laughs> Four, right? Like that's And but it can affect you in different ways, and I think that's what is so scary about it. Is some guys they. Little sniffles, right? Hey, that's fine. Two Tylenol and some nasal spray, you're good. And for Risto, it was I don't know what tomorrow's gonna be like. So that's very scary.
0: Yeah, that that that's horrific. I mean, it, and we don't know thing. what
1: the long-term effects are gonna exactly. be. Exactly. So yeah. that's the other thing. Last year was it Craig Berube in St. Louis said they all went through COVID before the bubble and it affected them in the bubble with their energy level and everything. Yep where Tampa got COVID before the bubble and they won the cup. Like who knows long-term effects and how it affects everybody.
0: Yeah, but there's definitely, for St. Louis, right, there was a fatigue factor. Uh, Let's talk about Jeff Skinner because if he does get back in the lineup, Marty, my, my feeling is a player like that, he needs to be net positive from a scoring standpoint and players without offensive ability, he's not a shutdown guy. He needs to play with other skilled players. If they do bring him back in, what do you think the plan should be?
1: I think it's going to be the same. I think Ralph Guerrero is his top six right now, and they're basically Olufsen, Eichel, Reinhardt, Hall, Stahl, Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins has been fantastic. You're not taking a 19-year-old out of that position when he's nope. performing and playing well and putting him on a different line. Jeff Skinner, uh, you know, I, I did well under Phil Housley two years ago, scored 40, and it looked good. Last year, they, they, <laughs> he got paid. Last year, they, they – they, they, tried them in different spots. It didn't really all work all that well. Now it wasn't a good year for the Sabres last season either. But so I think what Ralph Kruger is looking at, and and this is the analogy I use is you you buy a piece of furniture from a store, right? It comes in, in a box and then you put it together. And Ralph Kruger is putting his bookshelf and he's starting from the top and he says, my top six is these guys. And my, my top nine, like my uh, seven, eight, nine is Um, well, it's Tobias Reeder, Cody and Caloposo, but right now Reeder was out. So Rasmus Asplund came in, but that's his nine. And then... Curtis Lazar is on, you know, the fort line, rally Sheehan. And, and he's kind of looking at building his bookshelf and he's like, what is this piece doing? Like, it's a good piece. And I could use it somewhere, but I've built my bookshelf and I don't know what I'm going to do with this piece. So let's put it here and see if that works, but maybe I'll need it on the top shelf later. And so I think that's the issue right now is you you're building your bookshelf and you have your guys in place. And Jeff Skinner is kind of like doesn't have a, a role right now or a spot. Now, does that mean that's going to change? That could change, but I, I think the power play is first in the league. So you're you're not going to you know change your your players on the top power play because they're working. Five on five, they're not producing. But two reasons for that. One, I think as I mentioned, I don't think Jack's 100, so it's going to affect who he plays with. Even if you put Skinner with Jack Eichel's line, I don't think that's going to change things because until Jack gets himself going at five on five, the way we know he can, it's not going to, it's not going to change. The other line stall cousins hall. I think they're primed to get going. Now they've had a couple of really good game. Dylan cousins came back after the COVID and has looked really good. So I'm like, okay, I think it's, it's coming. It's coming together for Jeff. If he comes back in the lineup, it's probably going to be in the same role on the fourth line. Maybe he gets elevated to the third line, but Earn your, your ice time, your opportunities by the little things that you can do on the ice. How are you getting the puck in and out of the zone? How are you staying in the battle in the defensive zone? How are you forechecking? It doesn't have to play with great players to see a guy getting in on the forecheck or when the puck is rimmed to your wall to be able to get it out. So that is the things that they need to see out of Jeff Skinner to be able to find a spot on the top shelf of uh, the bookshelf that Ralph is building.
0: Yeah, nothing's going to be handed to him at this point. Let's talk about Eichel real quick, because he was such a big name, so much talent. He may not be 100% right now, but Marty, he is um, an incredible player. And we know that he wasn't happy. They brought in Taylor Hall in the offseason, uh, hoping that could really set things in motion. They want to keep Jack Eichel in Buffalo. Is there a long-term fit here, despite the fact that he's under contract?
1: There's a definitely a long-term fit, and we don't know. Listen, I I think Jack Eichel was very happy here in Buffalo, and continues to be very happy in Buffalo. I think there's a lot of speculations left, right, like okay, Eichel could be traded or whatever. We said the same thing out of Connor McDavid last year when the Edmonton Oilers yep. weren't doing well. Like, and there's no way you're trading Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Matthews is getting traded. There's no way you're trading Austin Matthews. Listen, these these are they're just, they're, they're uh, marquee players. They're they're franchise players. They're not going anywhere. So I. I think Jack uh is is really good buddies with with Sam Reinhardt. They look really good on the line together, especially on the power play. The guy's happy. He's happy to be playing. He's he loves Ralph Kruger. Um, yes. They brought in taylor hall because there was an opportunity and it worked yep. the, the sabers wanted hall but wanted him on a one-year deal with the you know the, the the pandemic and the economic and no fans and all of that you couldn't commit to taylor hall and that was the best case scenario give him a one-year deal see what happens yeah. it worked out taylor wanted to do that why because he wanted to come to buffalo because ralph Kruger. because of players like jack heiko so I think it. There's definitely a long-term future for for Jack and Buffalo. They want they want to win, and they need to win now. And he's uh, the player but, you need to win. I mean, he's he, the
0: centerpiece. Yeah.
1: He's a centerpiece. I mean, geez, you look at, you know, first and second overall picks over many, many years, you know, Tavares, Hedman, and then you had McDavid, Eichel, you have Matthews. Uh, you, you Liner, know, those, are, those are top players. Now, you could get a first-round pick. It could be a Jack Hughes. It could be a, a Nico Isher or it could be a Alexi Lafreniere. They're great players, but they're not Jack Eichel. I mean, he was a second overall pick, that's a gift in a in a crazy draft. So, you go with it and you run with it.
0: I've always said if you trade a Jack Eichel, then you now you're a team looking for a Jack Eichel. <laughs> yeah,
1: not only that. What's what are you going to get in return? Who is in their frame uh, their right uh, mind will will give ev- like five super P's for one, right? Like Joe Thornton was traded out of Bof- uh, out of Boston. Did Boston get the return they should have for Joe Thornton at the time? No. Like, uh, uh, what was it? Marco Sturm and Wayne Primo. And I mean, uh, you, you got good pieces, but you didn't get Joe Thornton. San Jose got Joe Thornton. Right. So it's, you can't do that.
0: Absolutely. Um, Marty, you know, this better than anybody. And we'll kind of wrap up on this with the Sabres, uh, that a team without goaltending is not going anywhere. It's, it's so vital uh, it's always been vital and it's just as vital now as it's ever been. Uh, does the Buffalo Sabres have what they need between the pipes or do they need more?
1: Um, I think they do right now. Linus solmark has looked good um, mm-hmm. and it's going to get better. Now he wasn't really tested all that much early in the season. The Sabres played pretty well defensively considering what they have done over the last few years, where the, the quality scoring chances and the high danger uh, chances and all of that, they've done a much better job of defending. Uh, but Linus solmark played back-to-back on Monday, Tuesday, uh, you know, lost to the Allen, but won to the Devils. He's scheduled to start on Thursday night. I would think that he will get one of the two against the Flyers and Carter Hutton will get the other one, but Linus has looked good. Now there's a line in football in the NFL. That's really true is show me a good coach. I'll show you a good quarterback, right? Yep. It's the same, same thing, thing in hockey. Show me a good coach. I'll show you a good goalie. And Claude Julien gets fired in Montreal. Well, Carey Price has not played well this year. If Carey Price plays to the level that you, we know he can, I don't think Lou Julien gets fired. Um, so there's some coaches on the hot seat in this, you know, shortened season because I think goalies have not played up to their level. It's not the case here in Buffalo. The goalie, um, especially Linus Olmark, has played up to where he needed to be, and even a little bit more. And so, uh, if that keeps going, I think they uh, they they may have found their solution here with uh, with a guy like Linus Olmark.
0: Yeah, you're you're so right. Carey Price has a 9.15 save percentage. Claude Julian's probably still employed. He's got an 8.95, and Claude Julian's looking for a job. So, uh, yeah. let me ask you about Carter Hart because. He's had really big, good success against every team in the NHL this season, except for the Boston Bruins. Um, Talk about a particular team that can get into a goalie's head. You're such a cerebral goalie and you're able to articulate it. I love talking to you about it. Boston's in his head.
1: Um, yeah, Boston's in his head and you could see in his body language. So I know it was Lake out. It's a different setting, but after he gave up that fifth goal, I believe he's looking at the bench. Like, am I getting pulled? There's mm-hmm. three or four minutes left in the second period and it's in his head. That's a that's a confidence, uh, you know, factor. That's a, I should say shaky look to the bench. Like, am I getting pulled Is as, as, as coming on the ice? Um, I, there was a couple of teams like that, that were, Uh, For me, the Pittsburgh Penguins, especially in Pittsburgh at the Mellon Arena. And the reason for that is my first NHL game was in Pittsburgh and I got lit up for four, four goals in the first period. I was 18 years old, but that feeling. And it's hard to explain, but that feeling when I walked into that building and I stepped onto the ice was one that brought my shoulders down like, oh, ugh, ugh, I'm, I'm here again. Like this is um, the New Jersey Devils at the old Continental Airlines arena was the same thing. Like I could not get a good positive vibe going through my body from my toes to my ears or whatever to, in those type of situation. And I think for Carter Hart it's the same thing. Now it could change it could change quickly. You could go on and play a couple of good games and all of a sudden you feel a lot better, but that feeling is in your bones. It's inside of you. Now, the same thing, when you get a positive feeling, I could go to Anaheim and I could be sick with, with 102 fever and could barely see in front of me and I would stop everything. Anaheim for me was a great feeling. Colorado was a great feeling going into Montreal was a great feeling. So There's different things that that make you positive or negative. For Carter Hart, that Boston Bruins uh, team right now and that feeling is a negative one. He's got to find a way to to fight it or at least find a way to get back to normal, regular. It doesn't have to be great, but find a way to get back to ordinary and that's going to be a good step.
0: Yeah, they won't see them again until April, which is good news. Uh, He got touched up in the one game early this season by them, backdoor three times in the game. And now he's gotten beat a bunch of times short side.
1: Yeah, but I'll tell you this. Carter Hart's had his struggles this year. I mean, we saw it against Buffalo, right? Uh, It was a 6-1 game and early in the season, he had his struggles. So uh, he needs to turn it up. He needs to find a way. He needs to go back to the practice and the the habits and – I I see a little bit of guessing in his game and that guessing usually comes with confidence and feeling big. When you're feeling big in that, you're not guessing, you know, the puck's going to hit you. So he's guessing a little bit. He's cheating a little bit. Those have to get out of his game, regardless of his, if it is the New York Rangers, the Boston Bruins, the Islanders, the Devils, the Sabres, whatever, it has to come out of the game.
0: You're you're so right. Because as soon as you cheat, you cheat a 10th of an inch, you're, dead meat in this league you're dead it, those guys are just too good of shooters and he's a technical goalie and he's got to work on those technical aspects of his game um, last thing for you Marty this division um, it's still you know we're 15 to 18 games in for these teams and I don't think anything's really determined yet even, even for a team like Buffalo that's at the bottom they've gone through COVID that they, they've had their struggles but there's still a lot of runway left here isn't there because they're all playing each other every night.
1: They're, they're playing each other every night. And as I looked for the Buffalo Sabres schedule, and I know that it's like that with every team, because especially in the East, uh, you know, most teams have dealt with a, a COVID pause or break, and they mm-hmm. are condensed schedule in March and April. The Sabres are playing 17 games in the month of March. They play four games a week, every week. Yeah. I mean, that is a lot of hockey, but you know, you look at it two way one, it could be really, really bad. You're going to get tired and it could be bad or you could make some ground up by beating yeah. teams. I mean, uh, the Sabres play the Islanders three times next week. They're, they haven't been able to sort out the Islanders. But all of a sudden, you go on a four or five game winning streak and you beat the Islanders three times. Hey, you're three and three against the Islanders in six games instead of being 0 and 5, or one and five or one and six. So one week or a two week moment can really turn you around. Uh, it's a lot easier said for the teams that are at the top, because I think those teams got themselves going, but that's the hope for the teams that are in the lower tier saying one week or two weeks can get us going. We just got to get hot. And then after that, we got to steady the ship. So it could really change quickly.
0: Yeah. I think this next five weeks are going to be really solidify who the uh, contenders and pretenders are Marty. I love talking to you. Thanks for doing this great preview on the Sabres Uh, best to you and your family. And uh, we'll definitely talk soon.
1: Yeah, the Zamboni's on the ice right now. That means we got to go to the locker room and take our showers, so that's good.
0: All right, well, um, you get out there and, and tape up, uh, you know, three rolls of tape on those ankles and get out there and get a little skate in.
1: Yeah, get my game stick ready. How about that? So that's <laughs> I always look forward to that, a fresh tape job on my stick. I love that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, Marty. Thank you. Always great to hear from Marty Buran, one of the great talkers and real good guys around the NHL. We love getting them on Flyers Daily. Let's get to Elaine Vino though, from after yesterday's practice. First question, uh, can you talk about the thought process of, of putting Lindblom, Lawton, and check together, the three guys that just came off the COVID list?
2: It's called my COVID line. <laughs> so <laughs> so <laughs> I figured I'd keep those guys together. But, uh, you know, Jake was able to skate yesterday, and um, – Scotty and Oscar, today was their, their first, um, and I, I like the way Hazy's line and Coots's line and Bunny's line played last game. So I, I, I would say to you after speaking with both um, Oscar and Scotty on the ice at the end of practice, they both want to play. We said, we'll talk once we get the Buffalo to see how they feel. Uh, but they all saw how G did the other day and uh, they all want to get out there. And Jakey had uh, no symptoms, was able to skate yesterday. Felt, said he felt all right. And today felt, said he felt real good on the ice, had a lot of energy. So I would say to you that uh, unless something happens now till uh, tomorrow, uh, At uh, 1 o'clock, I would say that the COVID line will be together.
0: The city of Philadelphia today is is going to talk about having fans and possibly increasing uh, or having some fans there. And, uh, you know, it it may not be a lot, but it may be some. And if not, uh, next week, soon. Uh, What would it mean to have some fans back in the Wells Fargo Center?
2: I mean, it's huge, (laughs) Uh, you know from our time in the bubble to our our, our first uh, uh, 15 or 16 games. or I'm not exactly sure what the number of games are exactly with the, the ones that have been postponed, but uh, none of them we have played in front of fans, are great fans. Uh, so uh, to have them uh, able to come back, whether we start, you know, in smaller numbers and, and get to uh, full capacity will be great for us, the atmosphere in the building. Uh, the energy that they bring, so uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, you want this done in a safe way that uh, the fans are all right and the the, the players and everybody else associated with uh, running a game are all right, uh, but um, I've been uh, following what they've been doing in other cities and uh, geez, we're looking forward to it.
0: Uh, it looks like you had a, you had a brief chat with Oscar before practice started. Just how's Oscar doing? How happy was he to be back?
2: Yeah, he uh, before practice uh, he was looking forward to it. Uh, after practice, I had a brief chat with him. I told him I was going to talk to him again once once we get to Buffalo. But uh, you know, they uh, they they felt good. Um, they were surprisingly good. So uh, Oscar didn't have barely any symptoms. So. You know, from that standpoint, I think we were, were pretty lucky standpoint of, of putting someone back in play uh, on short time. Uh, you know, we're starting a sequence here of six games and nine nights. We'll barely practice maybe once in, in that time. So, <clears throat> you know, all, those guys are going to get themselves back into game shape and timing by by playing right now. So uh, it looks like they'll be all right, uh, Oscar. Oscar. Uh, was fine throughout all this, and uh, will uh, unless something happens now till tomorrow. I I would say that uh, they sh- they should be in the lineup. Hey, Lane.
0: Uh, the D pairs were shaken up a little bit today. At practice it looked like you had Phil Myers with uh, with Nate. Is that implying that the Phil is going to take a seat for tomorrow? Or have you not made that decision yet?
2: I, I haven't made that decision yet. I wanted to see Browner with uh, Travis. Browner has been skating uh, since uh, I want to say Wednesday was his first day. Yeah, Wednesday was his 1st day, uh, from, uh, COVID, uh, protocol. So, um, wanted to see him and Travis. I am going to talk to my staff on the way down. Uh, you know, again, uh, like I just mentioned, we're playing 6 games and 9 nights. Uh, I have a feeling that if I can, I will be using more personnel. I don't recall at any time in my coaching career and I've been around couple of years uh six games and nine nights and we're not the only team a lot of teams are doing that so if i can afford uh, if i have the possibility to uh use a, a, a rotating uh forwards and these that, that might be a possibility for me so we'll, we'll do it we'll figure it out game by game i felt that by keeping hazy and coots and bunnies line together those three guys it just it's just working out that way those three guys are coming back all uh, from the COVID protocol and uh it's probably a a good way to start i'll be able you are right i'll be able to monitor how uh, their minutes are and uh, we'll see how it works out i mean everybody reacts differently uh i do think that uh, g set the tone by the way he played and came out and uh, was so effective in five-on-five uh, five play on the power play and on the gave him some minutes on the penalty killing. So I expect those guys to to come in and try and help us win games because uh, we've got uh, quite a, a lovely schedule ahead of us.
1: When you're getting your, you know, you lost a lot of scores and it's been a rough few weeks with COVID and mm-hmm. having to play games and things like that. Now, when you get, it feels like you're a whole team back and your scores, how much is this, Going to be beneficial for you guys with this tough schedule, and uh, obviously, if you try to climb back up the top of the standings,
2: yeah, I'm hoping that, uh, as far as uh, the response from uh, our COVID uh, protocol or COVID players, uh, that uh, they're going to be like, gee, you know, full of energy and the execution and the timing and the intensity is going to be there. That's what I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but everybody reacts differently, uh, so, um. You know, We'll see. We'll take it a game at a time and see how our guys are doing and how they're feeling. Obviously, with our medical staff and our conditioning staff, uh, we're going to be in constant communication with our guys. And I hope uh, we respond well. At the end of the day, we have to, uh, you know, if you look at um, the competition we're up against, if you're looking at the standings, uh, you know, this is a big uh, uh, nine days ahead of us here. So uh, we're going to have to be real good.
0: That'll be an interesting decision to see if Elaine Vigneault does have Phil Myers in the lineup today. He had him skating with Nate Prosser at practice. Is he planning on scratching a healthy Phil Myers to put Justin Braun in? Did he want to see Justin Braun with Travis Sanheim? Was just doing that in practice enough to send the message that he wanted to send? We'll find out. 1 o'clock game coming up today between the Flyers and the Sabres. The first of 19 games in 33 days. Everybody, thanks for listening to Flyers Daily. Enjoy your hockey today and we'll talk to you tomorrow.